Amen. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Sylvia, Randy, and others. They have put so much efforts and practice and rehearsal to give us this beautiful, beautiful day and beautiful concert on Friday and beautiful half a concert today. We got half of what they got on Friday and thank God for that. And I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, before we hear a few words today, I received a, um, an email last night. I opened it last night from uh, one of our members, lady members here, and uh, it says, Dear uh, Pastor and Sylvia, thank you so much for the beautiful wonderful Christmas concert last night. All the study and effort, the hours of practice, and the sacrifice of time resulted in a magnificent gift in Christ's honor. We were also blessed by all the choirs and the beautiful, meaningful music. My friend who came with me is 88 years old and she has served the Lord for many years. Now she has lost all the sight of one eye and has very minimal sight in her other eye. She always hesitates to come to programs because she cannot see very much of them. Last night she said, I am so very glad I came. I did not need to see because I heard heaven's choir singing and my heart was so blessed. I hear God's love and majesty, and I was so encouraged. Thank you for all you do for the Lord and for all of us at Saramon Valley Bible Church. Well, again, thank you, choir. May the Lord continue to use you for his own glory. I enjoyed the choir, but I enjoyed the kids. And how they were in front there, you know, doing their own thing. <laughs> they were not intimidated or anything, and they were just doing what they are good to do, just being natural. I wish we learned from them to be natural in everything and to enjoy the Lord. Now, uh, we have a few minutes to meditate on the Word of God. And on this season that the Lord has given us, I jotted a few notes I want to share with you. And I want to read a verse because of time uh, from uh, the Word of God in Isaiah chapter 9. And the verse says, The people that walked in, in darkness have seen a great light. And we heard the song about the light. Those who live in a dark land. Those who live in a dark land. The light will shine on them. May the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shine on all of us today.
We need his light. It's not in symbols. It's not in le legends. It's not in lights and in parties. It's not in selling and buying. It's not the colors and traditions. It's not in giving and receiving gifts. It's not all the things that are associated with the season. Someone said and asked, are these all that Christmas means? Many people are searching for the true meaning as the season comes, and then it goes away. It's no more until one year later. We as Christians would like to define and tell the world what, Christian, what Christmas means to us. It means to us that God is coming to visit humans, to bring healing and salvation by his death and resurrection. That's why, in brief, we celebrate Christmas. It's not for the lights. It's not for the parties. It's not for the joy, though we enjoy that. I enjoy Christmas. I enjoy this season, but I don't live for that. And we should not at Christian, because it means a deeper meaning to each and every one of us. It means so much that the whole great drama of redemption takes its roots from Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and she will bear a son, that's the Virgin Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. In brief, what Christmas means to us. At the very beginning of this season, as we read the verse in Isaiah, it means that the light of Jesus shines in a dark world. The prophet Isaiah spoke long time ago in that verse. And the light and darkness, as we know, are important symbols in the Bible. Generally, light symbolizes fellowship with the Holy God, and darkness represents life apart from him. The question is, who is the one to give us light? Who is the one who is qualified to light our lives? The answer, the only one who is qualified is Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ himself. As we hear these words, and what we, we heard all the songs that the choir sang, and the children, 
It's all about Jesus, that he is the light of the world. And we exult as Christians. During this season, in celebrating the light that came to this world. The light shone in the darkness. It flashed out of Bethlehem. And it continues to shine whenever his name, the name of Jesus, is honored and worshipped. He came and proclaimed, I am the light of the world. This is what we are celebrating. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but, but shall have the light of life. And as Christians, it is our duty and responsibility to take to the world the light of Jesus Christ. And how? By living, being the light of the world ourselves. He said before he left, you are the light of the world. And be carrying this light through our lives to the world, we can shine and we can throw some joy and some light in this dark world. What a reminder. And it is a testimonial again for us to shine in this world. What it means to us that Christ was coming we celebrate today and the two weeks to come is available if we seek him. He is available. He is reachable. He is not beyond reach. Christ is with us. And I assure you, he is in this hall this afternoon. He is the head of his church. And there will be no meeting today if Jesus Christ was not in this place today. Otherwise, it'd be a town hall meeting. But today it is a church meeting because the Holy Spirit is indwelled with every believer and Jesus Christ is Lord in this church. There is still much darkness in the world today. Many individuals live a displeasing life and have no knowledge of the Savior. Do you agree with me on that? We needed someone who can bring order to this chaotic life. Many have tried. Governments have tried to bring peace, and they are still trying. Many are in the political arena today trying to bring peace to the Middle East. And they're trying to divide Jerusalem so they can please all parties. I have news for you. Jerusalem is never to be divided until Jesus comes and reigns and in Jerusalem. History has enough illustrations to teach us that no mere human ruler can control or give proper guidance and peace to this world. Take that and forget about any other plan for peace in this world until the Prince of Peace comes in and then peace shall reign. Amen. Nothing is going to solve 
all the fears that are gripping the hearts of the people. No one can give a solution to many questions that have been unanswered throughout history until Jesus, the King of Kings, comes and reigns over this earth. Two thousand, over two thousand years ago, he entered this world. But he entered it as a lowly child. He entered it as a poor child, homeless child, born in a manger, lived a life of unknown. People denied him access to many areas and many places. In fact, they wanted him to leave town and go somewhere else because he was speaking the truth. And someone who speaks the truth today is seldom accepted and he's not politi politically correct. And may God help us to shine as lights in this dark world. The Bible says, the light came into this dark world, but you know what? The darkness did not comprehend it. People love darkness more than light. Yes, he came. Not under sponsorship of man. He was never sponsored to come in like human beings. Nor under a political flag, if you will, please. But he came, sent from Heavenly Father to this world of ours. Because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So whoever believes on him shall never perish but has everlasting life. What a plan. What a plan. The Bible says in John 1.14, the word then became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son from the Father, full of grace and truth. What a coming. What a day it was. And what a day it will be when we shall be united to him as Christians forever and ever. Then and then alone, life took a new meaning when Jesus came into this world. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. He came to change lives and to redeem us from the burden of sin that would break us if we don't seek his forgiveness. He said when he was here going from one place to another, sometimes he was welcome and many times he was unwelcome yet he uttered these words, I have come to give you life. That's the purpose of his coming. That's the meaning of Christmas. I have come to give you life and not life alone and give it more abundantly. Not life to live here, but eternal life if you accept me as a savior. He said that. And you know, that's the purpose of his coming. And that's the meaning of Christmas to me and to every born again believer under the sun. He gave me life. 
Can you imagine yourself today? Christians, I address you. Can you imagine yourself today without Jesus Christ? I sometimes look at my wife and say, when I hear about many, many things happening in the world, today in the paper, Madoff, the son of the guy who stole billions of dollars, they found him hanged in his room. A young man. This is life without Christ. Can you imagine not having Christ in your life? Can, I, can you imagine crossing the street without the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart? I can't. I tell you, I can't. I wouldn't have the courage to drive. So, Christians, Christians, let your light shine. Proclaim Jesus as the rescuer, as the one who has the answer. He came. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. Not only here, but for future life eternal. He came to his own. And what did his own do? They rejected him. They don't want him. Crucify him. He is not the king that we're anticipating. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But congratulations to all the Christians in the world. Those, the Bible says, who received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God. Congratulations on this Christmas that you are a child of God. Think of yourself this way, that you are a child of God. By his grace only, not by any other power. Through his blood only, through, but, uh, but through nothing else. He gave us the power to become the children of God, even to those who believe. Today, if you seek him, and I have this call, if there's only one in this congregation who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, if you seek him, and accept him as your savior this afternoon, you will become a child of God. So my plea to you, don't leave this place until you secure that you are genuinely a child of God. What does it mean? In a few more words, we must keep looking up. Children of God, we must be looking up for strength and guidance. With the coming of Christ as Savior, we are giving the promise of his continuing and sustaining power. In all our haste and obsession with many things, especially around the Christmas times, we have forgotten the message of heaven. And the message of heaven, the very first choir, we heard the choir today, three choirs, but the very first choirs were the Angels coming, multitude of them, it says. It says, what, what does it say? They saluted those lowly, lowly shepherds. You know, I love lowly people. I love these shepherds. They were sitting there. They saluted them. Glory to God in the highest and peace, goodwill to men. And you know what we have done? And you know what we have forgotten? We have forgotten the first half of this 
uh, song of this verse. Glory to God in the highest, we put it aside, and peace, goodwill to man, we started doing that. People started find, finding peace, and we salute each other with peace. There's nothing wrong with that. But first and foremost, glory to God in the highest. Honor God first before you do anything else. We forgot, we have forgotten the first half completely. And this is why, why we, we need the strength. The tr strength does not come from our achievements, does not come from uh, strength in the family, though we need it. But uh, first and foremost, the strength come from God himself. From no other person. That then we are empowered as Christians, as children of God, to strengthen each other. We forgot the first half. Glory to God in the highest. Okay, we can say peace with you if God is reigning in our lives. Did we? Is he? Does he have the preeminence in our lives? Does he have, is he our Lord? Jesus Christ is Lord. May he be the Lord of each and every person here, each and every family here. My simple message, we should know the meaning of Christmas, that Christ came to light our lives and light the world. We have tried so many solutions, it didn't work. Okay, we don't say try God. God is the answer. Take God as a savior and as a guide. There's an old saying which is true. We must put God at the center of our life. It's True. And uh, the writer said, or life will be off center. If he is the center of your life, forget life. It will be off center. You cannot substitute God for anything under the sun. Neither family, nor children, nor belongings, nor homes nor money, nor bank accounts, nor false peace can substitute for the spirit of God that resides in the heart of the believer. He came to change our lives, to give us light, to help us to seek him. He came so we can be all children of God. He came for the ultimate purpose, the cross of Calvary. And he came to die for you and for me. He came to save us through his own blood, to pay the price. We were lost. He found us. We didn't find Jesus. We were the lost. And he came to give you peace and prosperity and joy during this Christmas season not only during the season, throughout your whole life. To me, that's Christmas. To me, that's the meaning. May God help us. As a church, as Christian people, to live for one purpose, for Christ. 
Paul came to that conclusion. And he told them, he says, I want to tell you something. For me to live is Christ. Say, Paul, then you're going to die. He says, if I die, it's gain. I'll be with Christ. May God give us this purpose in life. Not to get lost with the hustle and bustle. But to remember the meaning of his birth. Which we call Christmas. And why he came for. And he gave us the strength to live to be the light of this world. Then we can explain to others the true meaning of this great, great, his great coming. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for this season that you have given us to remember how much you loved us, that you sent your unique son to die on the cross for our sake. And if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't own Jesus Christ as his or her Savior, I pray with all my heart that they will not leave without securing their lives through Jesus Christ, without accepting him as the one who came to save them and give them eternal life. Lord, help us not to accept living a mediocre, med, a mediocre life, Lord, but help us to live a life worthy of our calling, pleasing in your eyesight, and living to honor you for the rest of our lives. Bless this, this congregation, Lord. Help us to strive to do what we are supposed to do to honor your name. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Enjoy the day. Enjoy this season. And don't forget what it should mean to you.